Welcome to Writer Writer Pants on Fire, where authors talk about things that never happened to people who don't exist. We also cover craft, the agent hunt, query trenches, publishing industry, marketing, and more. I'm your host, Mindy McGinnis. You can check out my books and social media at mindymcginnis.com. And make sure to visit the Writer Writer Pants on Fire blog for additional interviews, query critiques, and more at writerwriterpantsonfire.com. If the blog or podcast have been helpful to you, or if you just enjoy listening, please consider donating. Visit writerwriterpantsonfire.com and click support the blog and podcast in the sidebar. Today's guest is Melissa De La Cruz, number one New York Times bestselling author of many critically acclaimed and award-winning novels for readers of all ages. With her 50th novel, The Birthday Girl, releasing earlier this month, Melissa joined me to talk about longevity in publishing, retaining the spark of creativity, and how writers need community. Make your pages look professional with vellum. Margins, headers, page numbering, font, line spacing, all happen automatically with every book you create. Generate eBooks for Kindle, Apple Books, Kobo, and others, or deliver a beautiful print book to your readers. Visit trivellum.com forward slash pants to learn more. Vellum, create beautiful books. So your newest release, The Birthday Girl, is your 50th book. That is amazing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad I'm younger than my book count. <laughs> that, that's wonderful. Actually, it's a, a lovely way to put it. I myself have eight books out, and I know that the bloom comes off the rose pretty quickly in publishing, and it can be a drag sometimes because you do have to focus on the business side of it as well. And the creativity side can get a little drained sometimes, I think. So any thoughts on that here at your 50th book? Yeah. And I think as a fellow writer, writers kind of understand what it's like, right? I mean, when you say the bloom comes off the rose, I think we all want to be writers. We want to be authors. But then uh, how do we make a living at it? I think that is like the biggest question. And I heard it's not even really about selling your first book. It's about selling your second. I think that there's not really a path to it. Everybody kind of finds their own way. Mm -hmm. I started out wanting to write adult fiction and wanting to write commercial adult fiction. You know, Terry McMillan was one of my favorite writers. I wanted to write fun books for women. And my first book was an adult book. But my editor said, I think you need to try out this new genre that we're kind of promoting. It was called Young Adult. And she said, I don't know if you've read Sisterhood of Traveling Pants or Gossip Girl, but we kind of want to be in that genre. Do you think you want to try it? And I said, okay, I'll try it because her other idea was a murder mystery. And I said, okay, I'm going to try a murder mystery. And she was like, yeah, you can't write these. (laughs) She rejected it. And she said, my next idea is YA. And I said, okay. 
So I wrote the au pairs. And as I was writing this book about three teenagers in the Hamptons who are nannies by day, party girls at night, <laughs> was our tagline. I just really enjoyed it. And I thought, oh my God, this is what I'm meant to do. This is what my voice is meant to do. And I have written 50 books because I started out writing series. The books would either come out every eight months or every three months mm -hmm. to tell a story through several books. And I think J.K. Rowling made everybody think, oh, you have to write seven books. Yeah. But that's how it is. <laughs> so I explained that it's not, you know, that I'm writing 50 huge long adult novels. Some of my middle grade books are only 50,000 words long mm -hmm. and they would come out every three months. Mm -hmm. So that's how the count gets so high <laughs> so early. Certainly, but 50,000 every three months, that is still a ton of work. Yes, it is. And it was a really difficult because my career kind of took off right when I also became a mom. No. So I always joke that I never saw her. <laughs> the nanny would say, oh, she's rolling over. Oh, she's doing this. I'm like, oh, that's great. You know, but I, I never saw any of those. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's true. When you cross that line from writing being a hobby into being your career, that is part of where that bloom does start to come off the rose, where it becomes not so much I want to write today, but I have to write. And that's, that's a distinction. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. And I think what happens sometimes is people forget about how fun it is. Try to always remember that you, you wanted this. This is your dream. And writers always roll their eyes and say, oh, we're living the dream. But we really are. I mean, I get to we get to imagine things and play. And even though it does sometimes feel not as fun as we imagined it to be, maybe more of a chore and a stressor than this fun, creative thing that we get to to do you have to find that spark in your work still to be able to work I think like it has to be fun and it yes. has to be something that you want to spend time with I remind myself I remind myself every day whatever my complaint might be if I am upset yes. about I don't know mm -hmm. uh, Amazon not having my book in stock or if I'm upset yeah. about a bad review or like whatever it's just like Mindy oh yeah you write for a living Yep. Be quiet. You're all right. You're all right. <laughs> My friend Allie Carter said, you're not a $20 bill. Not everybody's going to like you. There you go. That's you exactly know? right. So, you got to roll mm -hmm. with it when you're a writer. You're, you are creating content for the public and your public is, it's the public. They are not a monologue. Oh, yeah. Not your mom. <laughs> no, not your mom. That's, that is the absolute best way to put it. It is not your mom. You mentioned YA, and you mentioned a lot of titles that uh, are really familiar to me because I was actually a librarian in high school oh, for 14 hey. years. Yes, loved it so much. So you mentioned Traveling Pants and Gossip Girls and, um, of course, Twilight, and those all happened right at the time when YA just kind of blew up. And, of course, I remember your Blue Bloods series, uh, handing those out to kids. I see on my handout that those are um, 3 million copies in print now, which is amazing. It was fun. And it was interesting when YA became YA and became something that people paid attention to. Because when I started out in the genre, I had like maybe one tiny band in the Barnes Noble that just kind of added to the children's section. Yep. And now you go and it's almost half the books are YA. It's, yep. it's a little crazy. 
It yeah. is. It's completely changed. It is a completely changed market. And when I was growing up, it didn't even exist. Like there were a handful of authors and middle grade plus. We weren't touching most, not all, obviously um, some authors, Judy Bloom, of course, comes to mind, would touch things that mm-hmm. others would not. But yeah, it, it is a yeah. changed. It is a changed market. That is for sure. 50 books later, you're returning to that initial push that you wanted to write adult and you're jumping in with the birthday girl a domestic suspense so why specifically domestic suspense as your jump in for the adult market so my first novel was adult contemporary and then witches of east end was an adult urban fantasy this is my fifth book for adults i wanted to write in the genre that i basically read as my escape so mm-hmm. i try not to read a lot of ya and kid lit because i write in that and i want my reading to be just for me just for pleasure just for escape so i usually read in a genre that i don't write in mm-hmm. so i read a lot of literary fiction and i read a lot of thrillers and I got really into domestic suspense genre. Basically, I'm a Target mom. I go to Target. I buy whatever the books are at Target. Mm-hmm. And they put a lot of these books out there. And I read them all. I read the Ruth Ware. I read The Wife, you know, while you were sleeping. So those kinds of books that mm-hmm. I was really drawn to. And I always wanted to write a mystery, but I don't think I had the chops for it 20 years ago. And I think after having written all these books and understanding plot and structure, I I think I was like old enough and experienced enough as a writer to write the book I wanted to write. And it also came from an idea of wanting to write a mystery in Palm Springs because I think it's a place in America that has a little bit of historic, uh, glamorous myth, the whole Frank Sinatra, the Rat Pack, and you can Mm -hmm. still go there. And it is like going backwards in time. So I wanted to set it in Palm Springs. And then about 10 years ago, when I was 38, we bought this house in Palm Springs. And I joked that I bought it to throw my 40th birthday party in. And I was going to have this massive, elaborate, extravagant 40th birthday. And like, it was a revenge party. I was going to show everybody who had been mean to me in high school, look where the bitch is now. Yeah. And it was just this huge, monstrous kind of delusion. I thought, oh my God, that's so gross to want that much attention and that much validation. We don't need that. But I remember that feeling of being on the cusp of 40 and 40 meaning something that was like so big and terrible. So you wanted to squash that and kind of celebrate this milestone in a way that was kind of in your face. So I thought, okay, I'm going to have this woman throwing this huge party, but then everything goes wrong. <laughs> this party that's supposed to meant to be amazing celebration of her life is also like the time when all the ghosts of her past haunt her. And the book really came alive when I realized I could write it in two different timelines because I do write for YA. I was like, ooh, I can sneak in kind of this dark <laughs> YA book in it. <laughs> so that made me happy. <laughs> the cover's amazing. Thank you. I'm not good with covers, and I never really know what what a good cover is. And I remember when we did the Descendants books with the Isle of the Lost cover, the Big Apple, they were like, this is so great. And I'm like, really? And my husband was like, you're crazy. That is a great cover. And with Birthday Girl, too, he was like, that's a great cover. Everybody's like, it's awesome. I'm like, really? Are we sure? Like, I never know. So thank you. (laughs) Oh, no, it's great. Like, as soon as I, I saw it as a librarian, my immediate reaction was, oh, people pick this book up. Oh, I'm so glad. Thank you. Yes, most definitely. (laughs) I cannot take any credit because usually my notes make the cover worse. (laughs) No, absolutely. And that's the kind of thing whenever I get any compliments on my covers, I'm like, well, thank you. But it has nothing to do with me. (laughs) 
You are also a co-director of Y'all Fest, which is a huge mm -hmm. celebration that takes place in Charleston every year. I've been lucky enough to be invited, and it's awesome. So thank you for all the immense amount of work I'm sure goes into that. Oh, my God. Thank you. But I was like, Mindy, we've had you. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> but I, said it I was like, oh, awesome. <laughs> yes. It's a lovely, um, lovely, yeah. lovely event. We are very proud of it. It's like we're almost at 10 years. I can't remember. If it is our 10 year, which it might be, <laughs> we will have a big party. I think 10 years is next year, actually. That's so I think cool. it's next year. That's so yeah. cool. It's emblematic of the YA community and how tight knit it is. And it really is a, truly a celebration. And you can see uh, authors interacting with each other, but there's also 3,000 teens there. Like it, it's an amazing kind of coming together of book minded people. And a great love of, of course, the YA age range. So do you feel a similar type of community among the adult authorship? Or is it a different kind of setting? We started Y'all Fest because we wanted a book festival just for our genre, just for the people in our industry who are writing our books. Because before there were all these teen book festivals, they would send you to these book festivals and you would be kind of the redheaded stepchild and you would yes. meet these adult authors. They never knew what to do with you or like, what? You write for what? What is that? And you kind of feel a little bit not left out, but you don't maybe really belong. Mm -hmm. And so we thought, let's have a festival that's just for us. It's just for teens. It's not even an age range. You know, it's a mindset, youth and optimism. And you can be a YA reader no matter how old you are. And so that's where it came from, from going to these other festivals and feeling like they don't really get me or my books. And then the teen festivals are now so big that all the mainstream festivals now have a full YA track. So that's kind of nice to see. We did start it because we wanted a place where the writers were celebrated. Writers kind of um, make communities around genre. Thriller writers are kind of like YA writers in a way where they all know each other and support each other. And it's a small kind of close-knit community. I do look forward to that. <laughs> People tend to band together with the kind of books that they write. And there are communities in the publishing world, murder, mystery, thriller writers. They're always a lot of fun. That's really cool. <laughs> That's really cool. So when it comes to writing a dual timeline, that is always kind of challenging, I think. You're basically operating pacing, character building, and everything within two different stories. Kind of writing two novels to create one story. So how did you go about keeping yourself organized, for one thing, but also just planning that out? Or do you pants it? No, I'm a plotter. I definitely am a planner. I like outlines. I think structure is really important. While the book was in my head, I also wrote like a pretty detailed outline of where I wanted to be because I wanted each chapter to kind of inform the other. Mm -hmm. So you would see something in the past and then something in the present and you would know that happened uh, in the present because of something that happened in the past. So mm -hmm. I, and I wanted it in the same time. I didn't write each chapter one after the other. I would write five five Palm Springs in her 40s chapters, and then I'd write five Portland in her 16-year-old mindset chapters. So it's like once I was in that certain POV, I would stick to it and kind of jump ahead. But then I also had to make sure that the chapters were still aligning in that way. Yeah, it was a lot of planning and then also like some kind of alchemy where, oh, it kind of all works. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how it works. <laughs> I don't you know, either. You're in it, right? You're just kind of playing and writing and hoping and then you rewrite it a lot uh, and yep. then you know hopefully it's done <laughs> yes and sometimes you step back and you're like oh look that worked cool 
Exactly. And it's kind of like, phew. Yeah. <laughs> it's like much. subconscious writing. <laughs> totally. I feel that way often. So you're writing not only two timelines, but you're writing someone as a younger person and then writing the same person in their 40s. So I'm interested in the challenge of that because you have to have the voice there so that we know it's the same person. I'm curious about your approach. Were you imagining her first as a 16-year-old and then wondering what kind of 40-year-old person would this 16-year-old evolve into? Or were you looking at the 40-year-old and saying, what happened to her when she was young? I think when I thought of the character, I kind of knew everything. I knew that she had grown up poor and I knew that she had successfully built her own business, you know, kind of picked herself up from her bootstraps using her beauty. And then I knew that something would happen at her 40th birthday because something happened her 16th. But I didn't know I was going to do, like you said, two novels in one. Mm -hmm. And when I realized, oh, I could do that, that's how I'm going to show what happened in the past. It kind of clicked. I always knew who she was her entire life. I just didn't realize where I was going to put the camera. I was like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, right there at 16 and definitely at 40. She kind of was whole in my head. Like yes. I knew who she was. I knew her background and her present. Very cool. Very cool. Last question. What's up next for you? What are you working on? So right now I'm taking a little bit of a break because I have a couple of books coming out next year. So I'm working on a couple of things that haven't been announced yet. Next year I have a new YA fantasy romance. It's called The Queen's Assassin. Cool. It's coming out in February. They came to me in a dream. I dreamt about this hot assassin, this girl, hiding in the bushes. And I was like, ooh, what are they doing? <laughs> and I always joke because when I wrote my vampire books, Blue Bloods, I would be on panels with Stephanie Meyer. And Stephanie would talk about how Edward and Bella came to her in a dream. And I'd be like, oh, please, you know, <laughs> and roll my eyes. And now I want to apologize because now these characters came to me in a dream and I wrote a book about them. So, you know, I guess it does happen. <laughs> My first book came about because of a dream. And, and I guess you can't question inspiration, right? When it lands, you grab no. Yeah, you got to go with it. And then my next book after that that's coming out in April is Gotham High, which is the first graphic novel that I've written. I've had my books adapted into graphic novels, but I've never written an original graphic novel. And it is the story of Bruce Wayne and the Joker and a Catwoman in high school. Oh, so that's it's awesome. Gotham High. Yes. That's <laughs> exciting. Tell listeners where they can find you online. I am at melissa-delacruz.com. Make your pages look professional with vellum. Margins, headers, page numbering, font, line spacing, all happen automatically with every book you create. Generate eBooks for Kindle, Apple Books, Kobo, and others, or deliver a beautiful print book to your readers. Visit trivellum.com forward slash pants to learn more. Vellum, create beautiful books. Writer, Writer, Pants on Fire is produced by Mindy McGinnis. Music by Jack Corbel. Don't forget to check out the blog for additional interviews, writing advice, and publication tips at writerwriterpantsonfire.com. If the blog or podcast have been helpful to you, or if you just enjoy listening, please consider donating. 
visit writerwriterpantsonfire.com and click support the blog and podcast in the sidebar.